0: Today on the Zabe Cast, week seven in the NFL is almost in the books. College football's gotten a lot more interesting, and the World Series is about to begin. I'll chat with Psycho, Stroh's fan, and Zabe inner circle guy Scott Shirey on that. All that plus Tom Brady's subtle jab at Robert Kraft, and why was El Prez breaking cheese and pepperoni? With that giant fraud. Your bonus, 40 minutes of gloriously uncensored me, is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Monday, October 21st, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Man, I. <laughs> Speaking of downloading, I had the shittiest day of internet on Sunday, you could imagine. I know. Hashtag first world problems. I know. Shh, Dave, I hear the world's tiniest violin playing the world's saddest song. Oh, poor baby. You had bad internet? Can I tell you what my internet speeds were for much of the afternoon on Sunday? Well, you're going to tell us anyway, so just do it. Approximately 2.5 megabits download. A half a megabit upload. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's Uganda-level internet service. It's unacceptable. And I know what you're going to say is, move, for God's sakes. Why is your internet that slow? Because I live too far out of the reach of cable and or files, And I thought, you know, 10 years ago, my wife and I moved out here with our family. We love it. But I kind of thought in the back of my mind, uh, you know what? The internet will get good enough, you know, as the years go on, and it won't be an issue. Yeah, it's an issue. I know people are going to say, well, move to Mil-. all my Milwaukee people. are like, come on. It's a sign. Move here. Move to Milwaukee. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Let's see how this works out first. That's, you know Who knows what the future is going to bring in that regard. Other people are saying, why don't you just move to Arizona? You know, I want to move to Arizona. Uh, my Milwaukee people want me to move there. My wife, I think, wants to stay here. <laughs> I don't blame her. Who, who likes packing shit up and moving? But damn it, this internet's got to get better. I don't know what to do. I you know, There's satellite providers. But here's the problem. Today, I think the reason was, because it was cloudy and rainy, if you saw the Redskins Niner game, you saw what kind of day it was in the nation's capital. And uh, I think any internet delivered not via a hard wire of cable or you know fiber optic, like the internet I got over a WAN, a wide area network, it's going to be slow on a day like today. At least I think that's what it is. Or everybody was inside downloading movies, and it strained the network. So anyway, that said... We're going to get into it here. First couple of announcements. Uh, I will be in Milwaukee next week for a good five days, starting on Saturday through Wednesday. Uh, Saturday, I will be at the Mecca downtown for a station watch party of the Badgers and the Buckeyes. I know the Badgers shit the bed against Illinois. One of the largest upsets, point spread-wise in Big Ten history, 30-and-a-half point favorites, and they blew it. Wish it, want it, you blew it. I mean, I wasn't watching the game. I actually, my mom, bless my mema she turned 80 years old. 80 years young, still going strong, upbeat, doing all her digital stuff on her computer and her Mac. God bless. We had a great, great lunch, great brunch. And I figured, well, yeah, it's not like a big game. I wouldn't have scheduled it during the Badger-Buckeye game, which is being hyped to the moon, and now it's not nearly so anticipated. But, yeah, I wasn't watching the game. I was looking at my phone going, why are they letting them hang around? And then I went and I watched and I saw how it all fell apart, and I'm like, Jesus. But anyway, so, yeah, I – uh where was I? So, okay, so internet. Okay, backtracking here. What was I going to say? Hold on. Steady. It's okay. Yes, I'll be in Milwaukee for five days. Uh, watch party down at the Mecca Sports Bar on Saturday with 97-3 the game for Buckeyes-Badgers. And it's still a huge game. I mean, if they rise up and they stun Ohio State, that shakes up college football big time. Not sure I'm counting on that, but okay. And then it's also the Bucks' opening day game at home, their home opener in the afternoon. I'm going to swing by that. You know me in overplanning. And then... Sunday night, you can win a chance to sit with me tableside at the Packers-Chiefs game to watch that on TV at Jackson's Pub. You just have to go to 97.3 The Game. Uh, In Milwaukee, go to thegamemke.com. And then on Monday, we're going to have our rules committee, I'm calling it, meeting, which is really an early bird VIP meet and greet for Sunburn Bowl 1, our trip to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Everybody who signs up for the trip by next Monday We'll get a VIP meet, greet, eat, drink, and then decide on, okay, what kind of silly games we're going to play when we're in Mexico and just get ourselves ready for our winter vacation. Months ahead of time. It's never too early. So there's what I'm doing coming up in Milwaukee in about five days. I'm also on the verge of getting this broadcast van. I've got it all lined up. I got the van ready to purchase. I've got an upfitter who's really good. And she's got huge ideas for how to make it look like a really cool miniature radio-slash-TV studio inside on wheels. It will be the mobile strike studio. I can strike anywhere. I can interview anyone. I just show up at the door. And with, you know, these uh, Comrex access units now and cellular technology, you can pretty much connect live. I could broadcast live from just about anywhere. It would be awesome, but I'm... Kind of getting cold feet, so I just need that little push. A lot of you have said, "Look, Zabe, you told me if I subscribe for the year, then you can get the van. Get the van, man. I'm gonna get. The, if I get the van, I've got to make it work. I've got to, I've got to provide good content for you guys. I've got to go out and hustle up people to come into the van. Maybe I'll paint free hugs and candy on the outside of it, and get uh, some good, interesting stuff for you." So there, I'm on the verge of that. We'll see how that goes. All right, how about some sports, everybody? Who wants to talk sports? I mentioned the Badgers losing. The other big thing in college football this weekend was Tua Tungavailoa going down with a high ankle sprain that's going to keep him out about one to two weeks, says Nick Saban. The offense certainly struggled more than it should have once he went out against a pretty hapless Tennessee team. And luckily for Alabama... They have uh, Arkansas this week, and then they've got a bye. And then is the massive showdown with LSU. And Joe Burrow has taken LSU next level. This is like happy Gilmore learning to putt. LSU, with all that talent all over the place, finally got a quarterback worthy of all the talent, and holy shit, they look awesome. And, of course, Joe Burrow had his pants pulled down uh, while getting tackled, and people are now saying this should be the new Heisman Trophy. So college football is about to get real, about to get real, real, real quick here. So that's going to be fun. Meanwhile, in the NFL, looky, looky, the Packers run their record to 6-1, and one, and A.A. A. Ron Rodgers was a. 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 a awesome. That was a vintage Rodgers performance. That is 31-year-old Rodgers. That's 28-year-old Rodgers. That's Rodgers from... Six years ago, 2011, 2012, 2013, Aaron Rodgers. Four touchdown passes. A fifth one, uh, or no, hold on a second. See, this is where I'm just trying to get a score grid. It's taken me forever with these downloads. It's so unbelievably frustrating. Uh, Rodgers with a monster day. And he looked great. And the pack looked great. They did give up a lot of yardage. But defensively, when it mattered the most, they stopped Chucky Gruden and the Raiders on the goal line. Meanwhile, my Redskins lost nine to nothing. The spread was nine and a half Niners in a game that was absolute torture to watch. Luckily, it was the fastest NFL game in in ten years. Two hours, thirty-five minutes. Why? Nobody could throw, no nobody could throw, nobody tried to throw. And I had people say to me. On Twitter, oh, this is great, old-school football. The Hogs would have loved this. In the mud, grind it out. It's good defensive struggle. These games are exciting, and I'm like, yeah, no. No, I'm not watching the same game you are. Neither team can operate right now. The field is too wet. And for those that ask me, like, why can't they get a better field that drains? I don't know. FedEx, fields, FedEx field is not good. But bottom line is, I don't think anything could have drained all that water on Sunday. It was a monsoon in D.C., I think the Niners would have killed the Redskins if it had been a dry field because they're faster. They run a stretch zone read running game or a stretch zone running game that you know presses the outside edges and then, boom, one cut and they're gone. They also lost Matt braided to a concussion. Uh, Garoppolo is the better quarterback than Case Keenum, so if they could have passed more, they would have. I think it would have been a blowout, but, hey, the weather had other ideas. And Adrian Peterson fumbled. And then when the – Niners fumbled. They blew the whistle because, oh, the umpire wasn't in position. Oh, God. But that's good, though. Let's pile up the losses as Dwayne Haskins sits and sits and I think is starting to stew and stew. We'll see when he ends up finally playing, if he does play at all this year. By the way, here's a fun little factoid. I'm trying to do a podcast right now. I clicked on NFL scores. It's still loading right now. So I was going to run them down for you, but uh, yeah. So the Vikings look great. Kirk is on a three-game bender like nobody's business. I'm not going to crow about it because he could turn back into a pumpkin tomorrow, but the Vikings look very tough. The Bears got handled by the Saints, so it's looking more and more like the Bears might be a one-year, one-and-done type of deal. God, please just give me NFL scores. Why is it not giving me them right here? I was counting on going through these on a roll for you, but now I can't. Okay, never mind. And uh, damn, Lamar Jackson is unbelievable to watch, isn't he? Ravens go up to Seattle. Earl uh, Earl Thomas gets his revenge. Oh, yeah, by the way, I mentioned that uh, Shani Jr. gave the game ball to the game to his dad. A game ball for daddy the title of the game title of the story moral of the story <laughs> 9 nothing <laughs> unbelievable so earl thomas goes back to seattle as a redskin fan it's hard not to look up the road at the ravens and just shake your head and dip your head in shame like they're they're running circles around us as an organization it's it's comical actually and on this lamar jackson front they are John Harbaugh and the Ravens organization are stitching a clown suit on everybody who doubted Lamar Jackson as a bona fide QB1. And I wasn't necessarily among those. I said, well, we'll see. I, he doesn't look like much of a passer now, but okay. You know, I'm, I've, the one thing I've learned is that fi- you know, finally shut your mouth on a few guys. They might turn out to be pretty okay. He runs like a – and maybe he's going to end up like RG3. Maybe one big hit that dump trucks his knee and scrubs off that speed and it changes him entirely. Perhaps it's just a matter of time, but he's not there yet. It's a huge win for Baltimore going all the way up to Seattle and getting that win. In other non-important NFL news, this Tom Brady spa spot story is unbelievable. When I saw the, the piece, I said, wait a minute. Where'd that come from? Apparently, Brady agreed to do a little cameo on a TV show on Netflix, TV show on Netflix, on a show on Netflix that involves people going to a seedy day spa in a strip mall and coming out a totally different person or something like that. Don't quote me on exactly how it goes, but that was it. So this scene, this guy drives up. No one's in the parking lot. There's a creepy cat in the window. It says, top happy day spa. And the guy looks at it through his window, and he's like cringing, thinking, oh, do I want to go in here? And who walks out and gets into his tinted SUV but Tom Brady. And Tom Brady looks at the guy who is clearly having second thoughts and asked him, first time? And he goes, yeah. And Brady then says, or no, then he asked Brady, he goes, so what about you? And he goes, it's my sixth get it? Referring to Super Bowls. Well, immediately people said, holy shit, this is a dig. This is a passive-aggressive, subtle little dig on Bob Kraft. Well, Brady was asked the question immediately after the thing aired and of course he denied it to the... It was uh, taken out of context just like you're taking out of context and trying to make it a story for yourself,
1: which is a negative connotation to it, which I don't appreciate. Um, It was meant to be something different than that. Uh, so the fact that it's a distraction or you're bringing up is uh, not something I want to be talking about.
0: Uh, have you seen it? I have, I've seen it, through, I understand the background of it. And said, I understand the context. It? Yes, I have. You see it? the
1: context. And that's what it was about? No, I know that it wasn't. Okay, about. so it wasn't about that, except you want to try to use something and use it as... Know, to take it out of context, so well, what you could, choose to do well, in the when media. Did, when did you shoot it? Could you not That's know? That's what we do try to do. Really. If you shot right. it, if you shot it in the last year, though,
0: wouldn't you know that it might be construed that way? No, it was
1: shot on the green screen. It was agreed to a year ago. It was written four years ago. I think. Again, it's, it's it's unfortunate that people would chance to think I'm going to do something like that about Mr. Kraft or I think that's a very um, just a, a very bad assessment of my relationship with him. I would never do that.
0: I'm calling bullshit to the max. Here's why. It doesn't matter if it was shot on a green screen. It doesn't matter if it was written four years ago. It doesn't matter when he agreed to do it. A, he knows exactly what he's doing. And the car wasn't on a green screen. The other actor wasn't a green screen addition. At least I don't think so. Maybe it was. Maybe they shot them separately. But anytime you do anything, you know, okay, what's, what, what am I doing here? Where am I looking? What, what, what are my expressions supposed to be? As actors like to say, what's my motivation? So he knew exactly what it was. That's number one. Number two, he could have gotten out of it. At any time, you know, oh, I agreed to it, you know, a long time ago. Fucking break it. You're Tom Brady. Say, yeah, you know, in light of certain events lately, new, no, not doing it anymore. Funny a year ago or four years ago, not funny now. I don't want to get in trouble. And then the doth protesting too much, like, oh, I would never do that. Here's why. I believe Brady is kind of pissed at Kraft for these reasons. Number one, the whole spa thing scrubbed some shine off of their sixth championship because that's all people talked about. And anything that takes away from the shine of Brady's amazing accomplishment, he's not going to be real happy about. Now, you might say, well, all that is rich coming from him, given Deflategate and what he might have been involved in. But don't always think that athletes are always even-handed in how they think about other people. I bet you for sure he was pissed that Kraft fucked things up by getting busted by going to a day spa and taking away from the Patriots championship. That's number one. Number two, remember when they signed in Antonio Brown and Kraft said to a reporter that Tom Brady said, I'm a hundred percent in, and then called back shortly and said, I'm a million percent in. And then what happens? Antonio Brown immediately looks like a bigger douchebag than we thought. And they have to cut him. And Brady goes on WEEI and says, says, I wish that that discussion had stayed private between me, between me and Mr. Kraft. I think it was on purpose. <laughs> I really do. I don't believe in coincidences. I don't believe in, oh, I'm just a confused quarterback. I don't know. I was just, oh, how dare you think that could be the case. No. That definitely was on purpose. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win, you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this: my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games. An excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly. And said, Hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. Mybookie.ag. Now, listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. How the ALCS ended, here's what it sounded like in five different flavors, starting with Joe Buck, moving to ESPN Deportes, moving to ESPN and the great Dan Shulman, along with a Russian guy at the end, and then I forget the other one that was mixed in there, but go ahead and enjoy right now.
1: Altuve has just sent the Astros to the World Series Altuve, el turno. Altuve, la prende. Altuve! Pasa el pelota. José Altuve, el pequeño gigante con bateazo enorme que lo gana Astros de la Serie Mundial. And that's driven deep to left center field. Garner is going back, looking at for the field liner. The field Astros headed back to the World Series. The two one to Altuve is swinging a
0: high fly ball. To deep left
1: field, it's over. He hit it out. Desire. Here come the Astros, orange fire. Here come the Astros with winning on the Here come the Astros, number one
0: every time. Oh, you son of a bitch. Is this really <laughs> happening? My man, Scotty Shirey, veteran of Zabe Vegas, veteran of the Malcolm McLeod Memorial, soon-to-be veteran of Zabe Scotland 2020, an ardent, psychotic Astros fan. <laughs> who was there last night for Thrilling Game 6. He and I are going at it in the World Series. I can't believe it. Wouldn't have it any
1: other way. Uh, (laughs) Greetings from the home of the apex predators (laughs) of the American League, my friend. Hashtag Houston Strong. Hashtag Astros Pride. Hashtag take it back
0: <laughs> oh my god you know when what we last, a night my man what a night, what a a night. when we last left scott two years ago uh and by we i mean just my friends and i and our golf buddies he was buying fifteen hundred dollars worth <laughs> of astros championship merchandise right is that the number approximately Yeah, it's
1: pretty. it's actually pretty close i think it was i think it was like close to 13 but you know who's
0: counting <laughs> right okay so if you win again what is the budget? What is the number? Um
1: okay, well, as you very well know with championship merchandise, the first time you never know if you're gonna get to go back again. So you of course you indulge. Yeah, this slurred. time I'll be I'll be very, very selective of what I want, maybe a couple of t shirts and you know, the hat, maybe the sweatshirt. The house decorations uh i don't believe i'll be able to get that through committee like i did the first time so that may actually get held up in the budgeting commission so that will probably be put on the back burner at this point although i'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna put you down for 800
1: that's oh well if gonna, 800 is the number i'll tell you this steve i've already spent close to 250 just because the t-shirts from last night and the hats about forty to fifty bucks a piece. It's really, really high. <laughs> it's amazing. Crazy.
0: It's amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. World Series begins on Tuesday, and it's yeah. going to be a pitcher. It's a pitching matchup, uh, extraordinaire. The Astros are overwhelming favorites according to the odds makers. Uh, I think right. I saw the number as like. What, uh three to one favorites, something like that, or one to three favorites, I should say. So I you, think
1: it's I think it's one to three, yeah. yeah. So if you yeah, bet the Astros
0: heavy. you bet the Astros you get about three hundred to win one hundred. Um right. I don't want to necessarily cape up for my wild card nationals, but I don't think that is I don't think those odds are right. But what oh, you're I not going to
1: get an argument out of me. You're not going to get an argument out of me on that because it is going to be a pitching matchup on both sides. So if you look at our hitting through the American League Championship Series, there's only a handful of guys that were, we're delivering up until last night. Last night was one of those type of games where, and as you know this, in, in playoff baseball, you get hot, that's all you need. And sometimes it's just one game. Last night felt like that kind of game. Even though it was stalling at times, the beginning and the end it felt like the bats were starting to come around. And who was, that's, who, that's was
0: who was the Mexican scrap heap guy, Urquinas, that gave you a good four innings or so? Oh, Arcity.
1: Arcity. a he is right. a, he's a rookie. He's a he's actually a Mexican national that we picked up and put in our system that actually filled the gap that Wade Miley, when Wade Miley from the Brewers yeah. Fell apart a little bit. Uh, I guess it might have been July is when he kind of started to get a little wobbly. They started bringing guys up, and Arcidi just could eat innings. I and did. so he became sort of the, the leader of that bullpenning.
0: Yeah, and you guys beat the Yankees both with your aces and by bullpenning, which was especially sweet, and you slayed the dragon in Araldus Chapman. More on that in just a second. So we have a sure. bet. We have a bet, you and I. It's, it's the yes, championship hat bet. The loser yes. has to buy two championship hats, one for the winner and one for the loser himself to wear in shame for 18 holes at the Malcolm McLeod Memorial in May in Pinehurst.
1: That is the bet. Yes, I that, enjoy, I've enjoy. i done this before. It's a lot of fun to do this stuff, so we're, we're definitely doing that.
0: And then afterwards, the loser must relinquish his hat to the winner, and the winner then can Absolutely. Give, give the give the hat to whomever else he wants. So you basically win two hats, which, you know, Major League Baseball and the uh, good old new era, they're going to charge $95 a hat probably. <laughs> so it's a very expensive bet here.
1: Well, you know, the way I look at it is, I don't know if it's politically correct, but we've taken scouts. And so it's <laughs> ironic that the hat bet fits over two young men, you and I, Who have plenty of scalp. So that's how we're looking at this. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. So it sucks because, like, I wanted the Yankees. I thought they were the lesser of the two teams, less disciplined, uh, more mistake-prone. Jesus, Gary Sanchez is a fucking disaster behind the plate. Um, And I just thought, you know, I'd rather, if I'm going to win the World Series with my team, take the more pedigreed scalp. You guys did this the first time, right?
1: Yeah, so that's uh in 2017 it was it was obviously as I like to say it was the magical journey not just because you win the World Series but it's who you had to go through. And we had to go through the legacies of the Red Sox, then the Yankees which went 7 games, mm-hmm. and then the Dodgers which went 7 games. So there's a there's a flavor to that oh, that comes to mind. So I can totally appreciate you guys yeah flipping that over on the National League, wanting that little extra flavor of having the pedigree team. The sad part of it is the Yankees are no longer a pedigree team.
0: <laughs> I know. They're, they're not. They, and they got this interesting collection of dudes, uh, some of whom you you look at and you're like, who is this guy? Like, uh, Canely looks like the biggest drunken dude bro ever. He looks like turbo <laughs> asshole. He looks like a guy who would fight you for cutting in line at the urinal. Like, hey, man, what's your problem? But well, interesting then, mix of guys. And uh, I, so, anyway, I wanted to see the Yankees. Now, had the Yankees yeah. won, Scotty, prices yeah. for tickets here in D.C. would have gone to the fucking moon because. New York, easy get-to, and so much of yeah. New York works in D.C., and vice versa. Yeah. They'd just take the Acela down and go to these games down here, and we'd be invaded by a bunch of Yankee assholes. Now, who knows how strong the Astros contingent will be, but it'll be far right. less than the Yankees would have been. So that's one benefit of it. But look, you're the better team. I fear you guys more. And goddammit, it, <laughs> I don't really hate anybody on your team, except for Verlander, which we'll get into in a second. I love sure. Altuve. And I fucking love um who's the other oh Bregman Bregman and Altuve I'm like I love yeah. these two fucking guys I can't yeah. I can't get angry but anyway it's a huge test for us so go ahead
1: no no that's it's funny we've we've talked about Altuve you you had a crush on him years go back and again it, it becomes legend the story of how the Astros got him you you have to dig deep to say okay how much of this is 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 bullshit. And how much of this is real? And the more that you dig, the more that you find that there is little to no bullshit. Guy 16 years old comes out for, a tr- for for basically a tryout. They think he's not 16 because of his size. They make him come back the next day and basically provide proof of you know his age.
0: This is, in, Ven- back, this is in Venezuela. This, is in
1: Venezuela. this yeah. is in Venezuela. Yes, that is correct. And they end up signing this guy for $35,000 on the spot that next day, bring him back into town, um I believe he had to go to Fresno. That's back in the that's back in the day where I think our our old single A ball franchise was. So And just when, started working
0: him up. When was it that he got cut and then refused to be cut and like George Costanza just showed up the next day? So
1: that's where the story gets a little grainy is there was never a real cut with him. He shows up for that tryout and they sent him home. It wasn't so much a cut situation. And that's like I said, when you dig, you got to figure out what it is. They basically told him, we don't believe that you're old enough to, to, to come play ball and you're too small. So just go away. And he came back the next day with proof and said, I'm here to try out. So I guess if you want to call, you know, if you want to call that a a cut, you could, but that's really the meat of the story. So but it's, it's just, I mean, all of the guys on this crew, this, you, you actually make a really good point. It's a hard ball club to hate on really any level. And, of course, I, I love the comparisons between our fan bases and from what I've heard you and, and a lot of other folks talk about the fan bases there in D.C. You know, it's a it's not a transient town on our side so much. This is where people end up. Uh, they come out of college, or they they end up transferring in their 30s. They end up settling into Houston. They raise their families. If they've come from another metro area, they'll bring their fandom with them. But it always seems to infect people. Right. Um, ironically, next week is my 20 year anniversary of moving to Houston, Texas. Longest time longest time I've ever lived anywhere from Arkansas and from Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a, as a, as a sports there in Arkansas, moving here, um, it's home. And this ball club feels. Like home. Well, I I mean, I can't say enough about
0: it. Here's the thing. First of all, Altuve, when he was 16, was I think three foot four inches tall. (laughs) So I think it's reasonable that the baseball people said, "You're too small, go home." (laughs) Now he's five foot. What is he listed at officially?
1: I think he's listed at five foot four. I kid you not. Yeah.
0: (laughs) That is. See, I look at guys: Altuve, Spud Webb, Theo Fleury, uh, Darren Sproles. The mighty mites in sports, the guys too small for it to even make sense, are the best guys ever to root for because it's the embodiment of sport. It says it doesn't matter how big you are. This little dude got in there against Chapman, a killer, a monster of a pitcher, the El Guapo of relievers, and he just worked the count and said, oh, yeah. That's the one I want. Goodbye now. Awesome.
1: A 2-1 slider that was, and, and even I think Chapman would admit, was a little higher than he wanted it to drop into the zone. And Altuve is absolutely a high-pitch, a high high-ball hitter. Absolutely. And, and it, when was, he turned,
0: it was on it was the beautiful. outside half, and, and yep. Altuve sets up so far away from the plate, it looks like you could work him all day on the outside part, but he can reach yeah. it. He can reach it. It is. It is. It's funny. It's funny
1: in the sense of you know when when the Yankees go up and tie the game. Let me get that beautiful. And if Springer makes that catch, oh my god, we're talking less than a foot. That's that's legendary. Following the other legendary thing that Brantley did, you know, uh, an inning earlier. You hold your breath. I'm sitting there around people in the bar, and I'm, you know, Tina's at the game. She actually got late tickets with one of her friends, and I'm scared to go for these clinching games because I think I'm bad luck. So I'm <laughs> sitting in a bar, literally. I'm sitting in a bar, literally two blocks away from the stadium. The they they the, the game gets tied, and I have this calm that I can't explain it. It just I wasn't I wasn't shook, and you've been around me enough to know I, oh, I can yeah. get pretty animated. You start, at times. You
0: start muttering. And yeah, going into I, I do. World. I have a
1: little bit of a tendency to, <laughs> to mutter. I'm calm. The world around me is chaos and I'm calm. And one of my best friends looked over me and she goes, why, why are you not upset? We, we could lose this game. I said, I don't feel that something just isn't, something's not right about this. This is going to end really special. And we have the top of the lineup. Truthfully, I thought it would be Springer. Springer always manages to have these magic moments. Um, but this was, this was poetic. I, I joked last night. I said, you know, Altuve hit that ball. God put it over the fence. Oh, Jesus. Because quite, because quite frankly, <laughs> uh, not even God is a Yankees fan. is going to let the Yankees go to the World Series.
0: <laughs> Have you listened to all the different calls of the uh, home run? Because I find it interesting. I even listened to a Russian call of the home oh, run. Oh,
1: I haven't heard the Russian one. Um, <laughs> the Korean one, though, I think is, is my personal favorite. I mean, I love our home guys on the radio. Uh, you know those guys do. I was surprised.
0: Job. I was surprised your home guys didn't seem to realize that ball was crushed until a little bit later, a tick or mm-hmm. two later than Joe Buck did.
1: Right. Well, it's. I, I don't know if it was a sequencing. I watched the clip and you can see sort of the video. I think they've got it on posted on Twitter where you can actually see and if you look sort of through the depth of the shot, you can see Altuve swing. I don't know if there was a delay from the angle of what he could see. I mean, I'll I'll be blunt with you. I never saw the ball go over because I'm watching the screen. I see Altuve swing and he drops the bat. When it's not even bat yeah. flip because he's not really a bat flip guy. Right. But I see him drop the bat and not I just look as, around to the throngs soon of people as it behind me. I go, "Soon as it was hit, gone. I was
0: like, "That shit's gone." Because you know, because yeah. you, uh, you have a little league park there in left field. So, oh, oh, <laughs> shots fired
1: shots what oh the lily ballpark well you know it's i joke with people all the time i go the reason that ballpark was built was to get jeff bagwell into the hall of fame because as you can remember the astrodome that's where home runs went to die right so they had to do something about that so they built this beautifully short porch it's
0: a cool park and uh, it's super loud i I really wish i could come down there for a game but uh I don't know. We'll see. Let me cross my fingers on that. If if the gods well, inspire. we've got
1: game one tickets, so I'm I'm thrilled. Tina and I are going to be uh, be there uh, just it. on the first base side. So we're first time I've ever been to a World Series. Forty six years old. What? This year's got a couple of firsts. Yeah, yeah. You did, I never you went when not, I was. I
0: you did not no. go two years ago. Why not?
1: Uh, the ticket prices. Uh, my financial situation. Well, different job. Different finances. Those. those. What were did, some expensive tickets. What so, did they
0: go for? Like what did a low uh, at end the, time, seat the
1: go game for? one tickets to get into and I don't sit, I mean look, this is me being me. I don't sit up or deck stuff. I, I want on the ground. I want okay. to be near the ball, you know, the, near the field on the lower levels. Lower levels were at best you could get were about 25 to 3 grand.
0: Yeah. For a baseball game. For, is, yeah, a, yeah, for a a baseball, baseball game, you might, game Jerry. You, right, thank you, Elaine. <laughs> it's a baseball game, and you may you know, and you I may sit there. That, so. You may sit there and watch your team lose six to one, and then you're like, right. "Shit, I paid three grand for that." The fuck? well,
1: you know, it's. The, I felt like that for game one at the ALCS. The, I had been to an ALCS before. I saw us play the Yankees in game one two years ago. That was the first ALCS I'd ever been to. This one I went to and was relaxed, and we lost. And I, you know, I was. The, the little uh, rally towels they gave us, as we're walking into my, my building, I go right by the dumpster, <laughs> open the door, and I throw the rally towels in the trash. And, of course, you know, Martina is wonderfully, wonderfully oh. sharp-witted. She's like, well, that was dramatic. I'm like, look, I'm a dramatic person when it comes to this team, so... Well, you Um, are.
0: It's neat, man. It is. It's fun. See, now, here's the thing. So I'm thinking about this because, you know, this World Series for D.C. and for baseball fans in the area, this is Mm -hmm. a coming-of-age thing. This is the kind of thing that cements one's love for baseball because people don't, I think, fall head over heels in love with baseball. They fall in love with baseball like that was the girl who was your friend in high school, and she never moved out of town. And now, you know, 20 years later, one divorce later, you hook up with her again, and you realize— I love your metaphors. And you realize, Scotty, that she was the one all along that yeah. that never let you left you so so this you know we've had a team for 15 years here since not having one for 34 years in mm-hmm. my life and now mm-hmm. you're in the world series and you are so immersed in not just the series but you're immersed in the game in a way that you never were before i mean i watched last night's game literally without moving from my couch and without flipping the sound around to the other TVs in the basement And that's rare for me, very rare that I could stay locked in on one thing. And I was locked Mm -hmm. in not in the sense of, hey, I'm charting pitches or I'm scouting for our next opponent. I was just enjoying the game. And so that's what this is going to do for us. I believe that had to be the case for you guys down there because other than the Rangers, who went to one World Series and lost and really haven't done much since, right? Yeah. This
1: is Well, it's also Dallas. And this okay. is something that people well, outside of Texas well, don't understand is nothing from Dallas is loved by anybody, <laughs> any, any Houstonian okay. ever.
0: Right, but my point is Houston sure. is still Texas. Texas is oh, still football incorporated. So, Oh, absolutely. So for baseball to now have had this run by this team has put it on a map in a way that it wouldn't otherwise be.
1: Right? You're absolutely correct. It's, it's, again, I use the term poetic. I mean, my, when I was in sports sportscasting, I had a lot of people that were stats guys and numbers guys, and they would do stories. I wanted the romance of sport. That's the reason I got into the business. I loved writing about, you know, just the interesting stories and people. In 2017, we had a team that had lost three straight 100 plus lost seasons. We had a previous owner, Mr. McClain, that clearly wanted to dump money to get out of the business and he was holding out. Mr. Crane, who owns the the team now wanted to buy it years earlier and Drayton didn't want to flex on his price a little bit. So Crane sort of waited him out and then there you go. But when, when we went went on that run in 2017, yes, baseball brings this out of you. I think it's the characters on the team. The nationals have that same vibe. Steve there, you've got guys that could have signed in different places you had a very and you know even those of us on outside the DC world know how much the Bryce Harper stuff the back and forth in the last few years how I think it took away from the romance yeah. of that team and now you guys have a team that has characters, the dancing in the bullpen that's like club Astro in our in our you know in our clubhouse where the you know the dj booth is is bumping and everybody's having a good time that started in 2016 and 2017 right. right. So, you guys have that same, the baby shark stuff. You guys have that same beautiful, poetic vibe that draws people to baseball to stay.
0: It's so funny that, you know, I, I always love, and Fox does a good job of zooming in on everyone's faces to the point where you're counting zits. And you're seeing this It's sweat. a little unsettling. <laughs> right. Canely, that dude bro asshole, had sweat coming out from underneath his eyes. Like where yeah. his cheeks were. I'm like, bro, why are you sweating right there? You're so weird. But <laughs> you're, you're seeing the expressions, and it's so funny how different everyone is because Altuve comes up, and he's like the happiest kid in the world. No worries. Yep. Doesn't matter who he's facing. Springer comes up. He looks terrified because he's got those big Round eyes, you know, Uh, 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 Bregman comes up and he looks a little bit pissed, but very focused. Like he could shoot lasers through your body with his eyes and everyone's different. And for the Nationals, you got uh, a guy like uh, Rendon who comes up like his pulse hasn't even raised a beat. And then mm-hmm. the next guy up is Soto, who's dancing around, grabbing his dick, shuffling yep. and shit. It's fire and ice, and you get to know all these different characters, so that's great. Real quick, before we uh, yeah. kind of put a wrap on this, because you know, sure, it is the internet. We don't have all day. for you know, We're here for a good time, not a long time. But uh, Indeed. What the fuck was uh, the expression on Chapman's face after that home run? That, that's going to haunt me. That expression is so weird. What was that? I, I
1: don't, you know, I love that you said that because I, I've watched the clip no less than 100 times, and each time I see that, I, I don't, I, I wish, it's sort of a like, well, I don't, my check's going to clear anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I, maybe it was shock. Steve, honestly, I think Chapman is such a dominant closer. Right. When somebody gets him, in such a way, I legitimately think that was shock.
0: It's only the second going. only the second postseason home run he's given up. He gave up that yeah. one to the Indians guy, uh, bit player's name I've forgotten. Raji oh, Raji no, he, Davis. Oh, okay, Raji yeah. Rajai Davis got him. But other than that, yeah, he it was sort of that look like, well, fuck, he got it. I wonder if that pisses off the other ball players, the so called fucking savages on the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think there is such hardos that they were like, "Yeah, I didn't like him smiling on the mound like that." I am sure they're probably like, "Look, we respect what a competitor he is, and how great he's been for us." So we're not going to, you know, bang him for that. But it was it was right. a weird expression, man. And he took I watched the clip too. He took forever to walk off. He he didn't cross the foul line until after Altuve had gone past him. I think.
1: Yeah, no, there's a there's a great snapshot. The Chronicle, the Houston Chronicle, has done some amazing photography. I need to send you some of that stuff because I know you're such a nut for sports photography. There's a shot of Altuve coming into the crowd at home plate. And just out of focus, it's so beautiful, it just out of focus, you see Chapman, the lone gunman. The slow walk. Walking, right. yeah, the slow walk just off. So it was beautiful. But yeah, I, I was curious myself. I think it's shock more than anything else. I don't know if the other yank. I mean, Gardner may get mad, but you know, who cares what Megamind thinks? I mean, that guy's a psychopath anyway. So, you know, Um, I will give this to Gardner. There's, there is a story that was a very brief story that ball bounces off the wall, falls back in the field of play. Gardner picks it up, takes it over to one of our relievers who had come out and says, "Here, you guys take this. You've been great ball players. Go win the World Series." Now, really? to me, really, yeah, yeah. That, and Aaron Judge, that Aaron Hardo Judge did that, huh? Up. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, mean, that to me, I, I love hating on Gardner because I think he, I think he is a complete psychopath. But in that moment, when I read that, I said, "Okay, he's, he's, he's as every bit of a ball player as Alex Bregman is. They just love baseball, and they yeah. get frustrated when they don't perform. And I think that's how it works." You know that's that my my guy Bregman is the exact same way. Although I did love Bregman's swagger when they asked him about, you know, what he thought if we were going to go to a game seven. And he said rather dryly, we knew we were gonna win this game and we were gonna be watching football today. That to me, that's that's A B in a nutshell right there. He's all
0: baseball. All right. Scotty, good luck to you yes, guys. Sir. I hope your rookie DH stays as cold as frozen <laughs> Lake Michigan ice. <laughs> Which he is, but Uh, something tells me, do theory, he's going to be hotter than shit against us.
1: We'll see. If not, A.J. will figure something out. Smartest manager, smartest owner in baseball.
0: We'll figure it out. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon, man. Good luck. Thank you, Scott. Good luck to you, sir. You bet. Bye-bye. There you go. Scott Shirey. (laughs) He's such a maniac. For those that don't know Scott's backstory, so he used to be a TV sportscaster in Arkansas, began losing his hair like yours truly, and a consultant told him, you know, you should probably look at getting hair plugs, be good for your career. And that's when Scott's like, really? That's what matters? And the consultant was like, yeah. And he's there in market, whatever, Fort Smith, Arkansas, whatever number it was, and he's like, nah, fuck that. He got out of the business. He's one of the guys that got out of what we do, what we do in the media, sports media, and just uh, blazed his own path. He sells medical devices now and does very well. Does very well. Maniac Astro fan. <laughs> Married to a hell of a hell of a gal too, Tina. Tina's been with us in Vegas as well. She's, uh, she's quite the handful. Never a dull moment with her, but don't sit at a blackjack table when she's playing third base. You wouldn't like it. I'll end on this today, and somebody has to explain this to me because I'm not sure I'm seeing this correctly. El Presidente, Dave Portnoy, the man who... With his own sweat and grit and hustle over ten years, brick by brick, as he likes to say, built Barstool Sports into what it is now—a uh, a new cutting-edge sort of outlaw media sports media company that is supposedly valued at one hundred million dollars or more—and whose content I enjoy, not all of it, but a good decent chunk of it—and I like Portnoy as he you know presents on you know not on television, but as he presents through the social media channels and, of course, the media they put out. I don't know him. I've never met him. And I'm sure some people will say, oh, yeah, well, he is the biggest asshole in the world. I know McGarry hates him, but that's to be understood because for years, Barstool has been you know punching at, punching down, punching up at uh, Deadspin, and so that's been a great rivalry, which is a point I'm going to make here. So Portnoy does this you know pizza taste test challenge – In New York City and Boston and all the Northeast. Uh, One bite, everybody knows the rules, as the saying goes. And, of course, he takes more than one bite, which is part of the joke. And he rates pizza slices, which, to me, I don't even know how you can rate them. Because, I mean, I'm sure you have your favorites, but it's pizza. I think, as uh, someone once said, pizzas are like the blowjobs of food. Even the worst one is still good. (laughs) Even the worst pizza, it's still pizza. Anyway, so... Here he is, finally getting Da Pope, Mike Francesa, to agree to do the pizza challenge. And I'm going to play you the audio, and then I'm going to pause it and ask the essential question. Now, we
1: talked, I called you, you said you're no interest in pe- eating pizza with me. Uh, Brian in Westbury, what's up, Brian. Have you ever been? You know, anybody ever asked you to do like a pizza review with the Boston guys? I know you're pretty close to the Boston guys. Why would I do a Port pizza? Rev- Why event. would I do a pizza? I think it'd be, I think it'd be pretty interesting. How do you know I eat
0: pizza? I mean, that that's something that would bore me to tears doing pizza reviews. By the way, how do you know I eat pizza? That's the funniest line ever. What a weird flex that is. I really have, Dave. Really? Is- really, have no interest in discussing. Like, if Francesca was a two percent body fat marathon type guy, I'd say, okay, maybe he doesn't eat pizza
1: Some pizza with you. I have to be honest with you. you I mean, I, I, yeah, I, so what? Who cares? Do you would discuss everything you eat on the air? And yet, here we are. Everybody told me that it is such a ritual, and actually, once in a while, I give in to my kids. And I have three children, 14-year-old twins, Jack and Emily, and a 12-year-old son, Harrison. They said, Dad, you have to do the pizza challenge. So when they asked me to do something, like when they said, Dad, you have to do something, a couple of times, I've done it. So they said, you have to do the pizza challenge. They want me to do it in my school. So please do it. So you know what? Because of your following, I said, I will do the pizza challenge. So here we are. Big crowd. Okay. Big 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 crowd. crowd. So nice Nice to see everybody.
0: So you get the gist of it. Portnoy was quite excited to be doing this. And I don't quite get it. I thought they were. The take no prisoners, fuck the phonies, we're here to tell it like it is, and you can kiss our ass if you don't like it, brand. It seems to me that Portnoy, a dyed-in-the-wool Sox fan and Boston guy, would have utter contempt for a phony and a liar and a bully like Francesa that he may say, hey, come do the pizza challenge, but then when he finally got him there, Street side with the cameras rolling, you would have made a fool of them. That's what I would have thought, but obviously that's not the case. So here's what I want to know. What's the play here? What's going on? The other thing that I noticed was, you know, I I think either Big Cat or PFT Common or maybe both do something with A-Rod. They do some sort of web series with A-Rod. And A-Rod's doing all kinds of shit now. He's doing a TV show on CNBC about people who have had their reputations ruined and hit rock bottom. And it's like, well, I would know because I was that way. And it's just like, Jesus, really? And I would have thought, for the life of me, those guys would have clowned on A-Rod. They would have goofed on him saying, yeah, right, sure. But there they are, in bed with him. Maybe, and this is, I guess, my theory, is that the whole Samantha Ponder incident with Barstool, which essentially got Van uh, Barstool van talk canceled because of Portnoy's comments about um, Samantha Ponder, which, you know, 10 years earlier would have washed down the river with pretty much no recourse, but the times they are changing and with all of the um, Me Too and the uh, Harvey Weinsteins and the Matt Lowers, you know, those things gain a new degree of sensitivity, and some would say rightly so. But that whole episode where Ponder spoke up and got Barstool Van Talk canceled, and Portnoy then went scorched earth on, you know, Ponder but didn't get in further trouble with it, but pretty much got his revenge at least on her, I think that incident maybe kind of scarred the company where Portnoy and, and the brass there said, look, it might be fun to always fly the rebel flag, to always be the pirates and the outlaws. But if we're going to build this into a really large media company, we got to play with the douchebags. We can't afford to start these feuds within the media. There may be certain athletes you can have on your shit list and goof on them and go scorched earth. But when it comes to other media members – it's almost like it's counterproductive. I don't know what Barstool gets out of Francesa's audience. I know that since they moved their headquarters from Boston to New York City, they have become New Yorkified, and I remember reading and hearing uh, the complaints from a number of the Boston stoolies that were working there about how much they hated being in New York, but it was a necessary thing because it is the media headquarters of America and pretty much the Western free world, New York City, so to really grow they had to be there but what what are they getting out of playing nice with Francesa how much of his audience can translate over maybe there is overlap I don't know but it was just interesting to me so let me know your thoughts on that and I'll uh, take it into consideration Francesa (laughs) all right that'll do it for me today Thank you for listening. Hope you had a great weekend. World Series begins tomorrow night. I promise not to shove too much of it down your throat. Oh, yeah, Zabes team finally made the World Series. That's all he will talk about now. Oh, you've been such a big baseball fan for five minutes. Hey, don't don't do me like that. Let me have my moment, and let's hope it's a long series. Please, God, don't let the Nats get swept. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Monday, and we will see you next time. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play where you know when you win you're going to get paid because remember that's the whole deal winning is nice getting paid even nicer thank you Mr. X for the comment bottom line is this my bookie my they've been with us now for two seasons they are a solid book